Welcome to episode 15 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So, subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, your mama's house, your brother's house, <laughs> your mama and him. Um, I'm Sean. I'm Naya. What's up? So, Naya, what are we calling this episode? When you fuck up the first stone. There you go. <laughs> then we got to get remarried, bitch. <laughs> I love it. So um, just a short, let's catch up on the weekend. So I had a great trip up to New York to see you. We did a live show, y'all. So you can catch episode 14, Hell Up in Harlem. It's actually on YouTube. Check us out there. Mm-hmm. See what See what these uh, old ladies is looking like. When you go to YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like and comment. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So get into the ratchet minute. We got to, got to, got to touch on the Beyonce, Jay-Z, the Carters, everything is love album. Did we not <laughs> spend the weekend playing that? How many times did we listen to it? I don't even know because we it was just on rotate and we just it just kept looping around and around. We we listened to it in the house. We listened to it in the club. We listened to it like all weekend. What did I say? I, so this is the last of the trilogy. So Beyonce came out with Lemonade, um, and then Jay Z did what was what was Jay Z's album the four four four. So now they're back. I guess they you know back in love again and <laughs> celebrating black love. And it's mm-hmm. So what did, what did you think? Well, well, first, before we get into the actual album, did you see, so they, they on tour and they have like their tour, um, their tour book that they, that you can buy and they have like um, pictures uh-huh. of them and, you know, different scenes or whatever. Uh-huh. But there is a, there's a picture of, <laughs> there's a picture of them laying in bed and, um, and Jay-Z is like, Cradling Beyonce. Have you seen this picture? Oh yes, where he looked like he should have on a, a bra. What? <laughs> <And> a girdle. <laughs> and why does she insist on making him a sex symbol? Like, I don't want to see Jay. Don't do it, B. Don't do it. I have no desire to see him with no clothes on. Like, I just, just I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. That hurt my eyes. It, it really did. did. I, I, I remember. And why? Um, this must be a time when they were making the twins. Because I'm like, maybe they were just fucking and eating. Because he was not even that chunky. Well, you know, Jay, to me, I mean, I think he has height. Mm-hmm. But he looks like he don't ever go to the gym. He don't ever work out. I don't never work out. Yeah, he looked. Didn't he say, um, one of his songs, he was like, I, I don't, it's not leg day. Or I, I don't have leg day, but I'm still running it. <laughs> yeah. It was a He doesn't work out my leg. what a mess so but we have to touch on just the strategic placement of Mm -hmm. this album dropping on this was it a saturday at at noon (laughs) 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 totally eclipsed the whole shit out of that she did And I don't care what anybody says that, you know, it wasn't wasn't about that. I mean, I think when you listen to the Mm -hmm. album, listen to some of these tracks, I mean, everything was a jab at among some other people. But I definitely heard the jabs at Kim 
with her um, cornrows trying mm-hmm. to be Beyonce Lemonade. Did you see that? Yeah. And, you know, it's so sad because Kim wants to be Beyonce's best friend so bad. And, and Beyonce is like, bitch. Never. <laughs> never in your wild. Never. Never. Yeah. Um, you heard Jay talking about you know, I guess when he and Beyonce were going through those, going through issues, how, um, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm not leaving the house. I'm, I'm not going to the wedding. Uh, the house burned down. I'm gonna be here. And I really felt that he's like, and if you can't understand that, we're not friends. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. I love the fact that this album came as like a sneak. It was like a sneak, yeah. a sneak surprise. So can you imagine the, the NDAs, all of the um, non-disclosure agreements that had to be signed yeah. to make sure that this did not cool and dre you know all the collabs on this nobody said shit yeah (laughs) at least from what i know so you know she beyonce got a partner in her petty because she 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 runs her shit like i like listen to beyonce do an interview you would initially you would think she don't really sound that smart like i'm not saying she's not smart because clearly fucking genius she's brilliant but listening to her talk it's like she ain't that bright but however, this this bitch is smart as shit, and she I, and I love that about her because it's you, you 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 can underestimate her if you want to, yeah. but everything is strategic, is planned. Whether it's people around her or or she's actually doing it, it's it's so smart. I I just want to read. I put a a, <laughs> a tweet on the Twitter. <laughs> I said, when your NDAs got NDAs and you and your partner and petty beyond y'all niggas in Paris shit and do a black love comeback while at the same time showing all of God's sons and daughters whose world is this? I know you didn't like that. You know, I really wanted to boo you. I really wanted to boo. I really wanted to boo it. However, it's it's clever shit. I like the little wordplay. Oh, so yeah, so the the weekend was definitely, um, it, it was owned by the Carters, yeah. definitely this past weekend. So I read, I read somewhere, they was like, why um, Jay-Z and Beyonce have to jump Nas like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that, exactly. Ooh, it was that was that was hard, and you know, and that just shows how petty they are. It's like, goddamn, ain't y'all over the, the beef? Nah. Wasn't that like seven, eight years ago, nine I, years ago? I, I love- this is gonna this, this is gonna be the elephant in the room all the time. Like, I don't think they're ever gonna get over this ever. But I love it though. It made for yeah. man, that was must see must see music. It, it was, was so good. Yeah. Like Nas, who Nas, what? <laughs> Oh, don't say that. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really, though. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, yeah. You fucked up the first stone and we had to get remarried. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yes, that made the weekend. And then I didn't even tell you about my um my trip back to Florida mm-hmm. with the with the weed tea. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Cause I okay, go ahead. Never mind. No, so did we not make a trip out to the Bronx? We did to the Bronx. We were in Mount Vernon, I think. I was. We were on the, on the outskirts of Mount Vernon, borderline. Mm-hmm. Old girl said that was North Bronx, and I'm like, no, bitch. <laughs> not Mount Vernon. North Bronx. This deep. <laughs> it is deep. We deep. We we was deep. I never been part of the Bronx. Sitting in the truck. Uh, with a transaction, I was like, I am really. T- <laughs> I don't feel comfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but but it was so 2018 because everything was done through Cash App. <laughs> And our cat, our, our cash app is Twiz Podcast, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to drop us some dollars, <laughs> there you go. But um, so so I bought some weed. So I, I can only describe it as weed tea. So it's a it looks like or or like weed wine, <laughs> weed water. <laughs> so it was I bought the peach, the peach and the strawberry lemonade, and it is infused with THC. Which of course is like the good stuff, the good shit out of the the weed. Now I'm not a smoker. I've never been. I you know I, that's it. Just hasn't been my thing. But mm. you know I, I was playing along. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to um I wanted to indulge. What'd you think about it? <laughs> um. Well, <clears throat> I well I'm not a smoker. I I have indulged in the past. Um. But I'm, I currently don't smoke. But um, I did take a couple sips of it. It did kind of, I did feel a little bit, a little, mm-hmm. a little you know, a little elevated. Um, but I only had, I only had like a couple samples. So I didn't have a whole, I didn't have a whole lot. So I can't even really say. Yeah, I, I think it, it kind of mellowed out. So here's the thing. You know, the lawyer in me, I'm trying to figure out, okay, <laughs> how can I get this back home? And can I sell it? <laughs> Can I be a distributor when I get home? Like, come on, what's up? Um, so through my research, I figured the best way from my plan was to put it in my carry-on bag, you know, because honestly, you can't smell. I mean, unless you're up close, you can't really smell it. I wrapped it really good. I put it in my carry-on bag. Flying fucking spirit, they wouldn't let me on the plane because I was, you know, it's got a 45-minute cutoff, so it's 43 minutes or whatever. So I'm standing there at the <laughs> at the gate, and he's like, you can go through, but you got to take your bag. So I couldn't check my bag. I'm like, oh, shit. So I go to the bathroom, dump my weed tea, $40, in the garbage, right? All right. And then, you know, go through, I go through security. And I get, I, I couldn't, I missed the flight. Basically, I'm standing there watching the plane, and I can't, I, I can't. You dump the juice. No, no. So I, listen, so oh. I can't get on the flight. So I'm like, okay, bet, missed the flight. I go back to the bathroom. Luckily, the bag is still in the garbage. I go through the garbage, get my weed tea out. Because my now I can't leave out to the next morning. So my flight, and I'm leaving out of Atlantic City. So I get my weed tea out the bathroom, put it back in my bag, my carry-on. This time, I'm like, next hour. And I ended up going to Atlantic City. Haven't been in Atlantic City in about 10 years. Went to a got to the Harris. I don't gamble, but I ended up. I, and I, I think I called you because I'm like I'm I'm in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. All I'm gonna do I'm gonna you know go and eat and have a good time. So, so the minute okay, so the next day I'm taking getting ready to go to the airport. I got my weed tea in my carry on, which is now I've I've paid for check bag. Now it's gonna I'm gonna check it, check check bag it, mm-hmm. and then something just came over me when I passed the uh the post office in the Harris Hotel. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Let me just let me just send this home to myself <laughs> and avoid all of this. Mm-hmm. I was I was nervous, so I shipped it home to myself. It hasn't got here yet, <laughs> so I'm waiting for my weed tea. So all this trouble that I've gone in, because oh you know the law, and this is where you know I'm like, I you know I might have actually have to advocate because you know in Florida it's only for medicinal purposes, so you can't. You can you can use it. You can have per support. You can have weed for personal use, and that's and that's fine. It, they kind of decriminalize it that way. But I can't sell it, and you know 
I can't have a lot of it. So that that was my that was my trip uh smuggling hash back. <laughs> you were you were a mule. I was a mule. Oh <laughs> boy, I was sweating bullets too. Like, you know, because I'm talking to like, no, no, take it out your bag. Don't you don't wanna you don't wanna check it like <laughs> so, all right. So that was the story. So all right, moving on. Um can we talk about the kind uh, not Kanye, the Drake uh diss track that did not drop? Yeah, we can because I God a mercy me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so so Jay Prince, or you remember this, that's the, the OG who you know was on radio and on TV basically saying that Drake had prepared a diss track and he told him not to release it. So come to find out that diss track basically has Drake talking talking on his dick and saying that he uh, slept with Kim when Kim was married to Kanye. Well, well she is still married to Kanye. Sure, well, yeah, while, while they were married and that the reason for Kanye's first or second or whatever breakdown was because he had found out. God damn. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that part. Yeah. So that that's what I, that's that's what I heard. So um, yeah. I mean, is is there truth behind it? I'm I'm gonna lean toward yes. Um, I believe it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, and, and it, it, may, it and, and it makes sense because you know, at first when I was when they when they were saying Jay Prince um put a stop to this um to this diss track, I'm like, why? This is hip hop. Like why? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I destroy lives and careers. Yeah. And- but if it, if this is true, then this will be so destructive. I think this will send Kanye into a a abyss. I think he wouldn't even be able to recover. You know, because this is his family now. He doesn't. You know, this is his family. This is who he's leaning on. Better off or worse, right? But I agree. He's already not real stable mentally. I think this will destroy him. But here's the thing. I'm like, if. It, the song doesn't even need to come out anymore. <laughs> He's like, yeah. that little tidbit right there is enough for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's enough. And Drake did a whole like 180. He came out with some song where it was like a Degrassi. Um, oh, yeah, the Degrassi he, reunion, which yeah. I loved. I was like, I'm upset. <laughs> He's upset at getting shot in Degrassi High. That's how he got shot by the kid in the video. <laughs> on the show so yeah that that's um kim 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 this is who you wife. this is your wife this is who you choose to wife Ugh. <laughs> in, the, in the words of pussy t yeah yeah <laughs> 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 oh man all right so okay moving on who what do we have next Oh, so uh, who, who do we have? We have, we have Nas. What are we talking about, Nas? Oh, you know, you know what I about Nas and this whole Kanye thing. You know, I can't even reiterate enough how much of a, a Nas fan I am. And you know. I know, I just always. Although there'd be a threesome if AZ was involved, it we would know. Be. I'm going on record to say that. No, it wouldn't be a threesome. We, we would have separate days. It wouldn't be a threesome. All it, right. No gang bangs happening. But you know what I really didn't like is you know with Nas's legacy and all that he's accomplished and how he's revered in the hip-hop world I just didn't like that he he was a part of this whole Kanye promotion run I didn't like it I didn't it wasn't like he it wasn't even like he was the beginning of it or he was the anchor he was in the middle you know yeah it, it did not you know I don't as great as Nas is, and I told you this before, there when you know the whole Jay Z Nas controversy, remember that? And there was a 
there was an interview and it was Jay-Z and Nas on the panel. And, you know, Nas is not, sometimes he's not, you know, he he's not that verbal as, as, as articulate as he is in his music. He's mm-hmm. not that verbal sometimes. So Jay-Z was sitting there and he was, they were interviewing. And this was at the time when Jay-Z was head of, uh, was it, I don't know what, what, um, where he was, but he said, you know, with an artist like Nas, you don't you don't sign Nas to a label. Yeah. You partner with him. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, and, the, and I'm looking at the whole thing and Nas is sitting there and it's almost like, like, bro, you don't recognize your value. Mm-hmm. And that was what, to me, what Jay-Z was saying. So, you know, just as what you're saying, it's like, yo, Nas, for you to get caught up in this machinery that is Kanye or whatever's going on, it's like, you're better than that. Yeah, really. And it, it didn't come across at all to me. Yeah. Um, in the music or just the way that it was handled, this whole, you know, the whole marketing monster that, you know, swirled behind it. It's like, you know, you, you're, you're better than, you're better than this. And then the whole promotion of it was so sloppy. Like he had this whole big, great listening party, which I, I love the, the idea of the listening party being under Queensbridge. And I love that part. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to see Kim Kardashian and the, 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 the guy that looks like the, I don't know, her, her best friend. Like, I don't want to see that in Queensbridge. Did you, did you see on his Instagram, he had a picture, that picture, and it was like two queens and queens. Yeah, it was a Lala and Kim. Yeah, I'm like, like come on. Think, let's, 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 let's revisit that. Let's, let's think about that again. Two queens. <laughs> you don't know what a queen is then. Bruh. So I don't know, not Nas. I know. Look, I know you over there struggling because I, I know your your love and affection for this man. My homeboy uh, sent me a text message and uh, a picture. He was like, "I got you this T-shirt." It was a Nas T-shirt, and I was like, I was happy, but then I was like, "Can I really wear this T-shirt?" You know. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, for I mean, you know, I'm good. I I I have. I, it, he's he hasn't gone the way of Kanye for me, but eh, you know. Good. Anyway, moving on. Whatever. All right. Anyway, so um, you know what I want to talk about? Uh, Jesse Williams. (laughs) So he got hit. Now we thought when not when police was uh, Nas was ordered to pay police thirty thousand dollars a month in child in uh, alimony and child support. We thought that was a lot. Jesse Williams, he just went to court and he was ordered to pay a hundred thousand dollars a month in spousal and child support. His wife, his ex-wife. So, mm-hmm. like, when he makes like over five hundred thousand dollars a month, but this is a lot of money. This is a lot. Of well, money. I think you know, because I, I used to do child support cases, and you got to look at it like the kid needs to live like the parent lives, and it's all. If you look at it, it's only it's about twenty percent of what he makes. That's half not the, half his spouse or half his child. So that's even less. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, what so, we, then we're talking about 10%, which on the average, the, a parent should pay to the, the thought is you contribute at least 33 and a third percent of your income mm-hmm. before taxes to child support to support your child. So yeah. he's actually paying way less than than what would what the average would be pay 10%. Yes. But OK, I digress. Yeah, so originally he was paying $33,000 a month in spousal support. And his argument was that should be for spousal and child support. 
And the judge was like, no, 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 no. So his, his mm -hmm. spouse support was increased to 50,000 a month. And then on top of that, he pays an additional 50,000 for his, for his two kids. So, um, that's a lot of money, but like you said, it's even less than, than what he's supposed to pay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a lot to, to us, mm -hmm. but I mean, he's, as long as he's on that show and you know, if he, if he doesn't make that type of money, then he gets it adjusted. But you know, I mean, basically it should go in line with what he's, what he's making. The kid is, it's, and it's like two kids, right? They have, they have two kids. Yeah. They have two and kids. On top of that, you know, when he was a struggling actor, you know, she was supporting him. She was a yeah, exactly in New York, um, supporting him and their kids. And, you know, he made it big and started cheating with some white bitches. And, mm -hmm. you know. and when they get on, they leave your ass for a white girl. Kanye already told everybody. <laughs> Kanye already followed his own lyrics. Right. <laughs> Kanye back then was rapping to future Kanye. You <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth? Now he probably knew it. He's just like, y'all don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you go, you go and see. Come up. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny because he he if you look at his girlfriends, they gradually got lighter and lighter like, and lighter. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Cause I remember the chick that he was dating. Was she from Harlem? I thought she was from Harlem. She was on a reality show. Yeah, she, or the Hills. Was she on the Hills? Yeah, okay, so that that's like Harlem and in LA, mm -hmm. sorta, um, but yeah, I, I, uh. another girlfriend. She was, I think her name was a was her name Alexis. I could I could see her face. I can't think of her name, but she was fly as shit. Like she was super fly. Mm -hmm. um, he was dating her, and they broke up. And then he moved on to Amber Rose, and I actually liked them together. I liked him and Amber Rose together. Uh huh. I did, but I think she gave him a run for his money. <laughs> she did. I look at them now. It's like. They don't even match. Mm -hmm. but okay. Why are we talking about Kunye? I'm ready. I'm done. Already done. <laughs> you know, it's like one episode we should not talk about Kanye or 45. Like, let's not talk about either one of them. Well, we, we did really good though. Like the pat it was hard, even with the, the album that was dropping, Nas's album and Pusha T and the whole thing, but we did pretty good. Yeah. We did not talk about Kanye Kanye. <laughs> Kanye Kunye. Kunye. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. So I guess, are we in a woke minute yet? <sighs> All right, time to get woke. Yeah, let's, it's time to wake up. So this is, um, this story, of course, this just kind of just, just puts a, like a little spear in my little heart. So uh, we have another police shooting. Um, a 17 year old kid was killed by Pittsburgh police um, earlier this week. He was actually shot in the back. So what mm -hmm. they're saying, according to Allegheny County Police Department, um, the police were responding to reports of a shooting around 8.20 on Tuesday, and they found a 22-year-old man who had been shot, um, but, you know, he survived. So I guess they were out looking for the assailants that, that shot the guy. So uh, the police put out a call for a vehicle that was seen fleeing the scene, and the officer stopped the car um, that they said matched the description, which... They always say someone matched the description. Um, mm -hmm. While they were detaining the driver of the car, two people jumped out, um, including the 17-year-old. And his name is, what's his name? Antoine Rose, sorry. Antoine Rose. Yeah, Antoine Rose. He was one of the two people that jumped out um, and, and he ran and the police shot him in the back. Um, he was a student at Woodland Hills School District. Um, and he was unarmed and the officers were said to have found two guns in the vehicle that he fled from. Um, mm -hmm. 
The other driver, the 20-year-old driver of the vehicle, he was released from police, um, and the third occupant of the car remains at large. And a bystander actually caught a video of the police shooting and posted it on Facebook, which I didn't see. I just I can't watch these uh, these videos anymore. Uh, but it shows the two people running from the police cars with their backs to the officers and the police opening fire on them and, and of course, killing um, Antoine Rose. So another police shooting. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't want to become so desensitized to these things. And I actually saw the video um, that was posted. And there's, you know, coming from a legal background, it's always for me, you always question, you know, there's always two sides of the story, but you're always looking to analyze things according to facts and the law. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and my way of thinking has, you know, always been that way. But when I look at this and I look at this video and seeing where it was shot from and seeing what is on the screen, there's, there's no question and there's no doubt in my mind that this was in cold blood. In other words, that this shooting, it was a murder. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, I say that it, 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 it hurts me to say that. And I, and I'm the person who always tries to look at something, you know, with it, with, I look at the facts, I, I look at everything. And you, I mean, you know that about me. And when I look at this, there's, I can't explain it any other way than to say this is witnessing a murder mm-hmm. and that that's it. So I am. I am confident that, and that's what I have to put out there, that uh, this Allegheny County police uh, officer will be um, dealt with with through the fullest extent of the law. That's what needs to happen here because it's not, there's no way to explain it. I mean, they were kids and they were running, you know, running away, you know, and that's, that's, they weren't running to the officers. They weren't, didn't, they didn't have guns out shooting. They were fleeing the scene which is you know fleeing the fleeing a car and these are this officer these officers were in pursuit with guns and this child lost his life yeah but i you know i you know we've we've seen this situation happen before where where in my opinion it's been a kind of a cut and dry situation um like with castile where he was in the car with his his um with his fiance and their daughter and his hands were up and he was telling the police officers, "I have a gun. It's registered." And they still shot him. Like, and it's on. It's 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 recorded. And as someone looking at it, it's like this is in cold blood, you know. But what's happened to those police officers? Were they, you know, were they tried and convicted? Convicted? No. Uh, no. no. Um, <sighs> it's like when we have these stories, it's like after we tell the details of the story, it's like. I, I don't even know what else to say about it, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I'm at a loss too, because we can, we, we can insert another name and like the facts kind of just read out the same mm-hmm. way. So, you know, what, do, what do we do with, what do we do with the police community? There's a, there's a huge disconnect there. We got racism, we got prejudice, we've got um, issues with training. We've got issues with recruiting um, we've got communication issues. We've got all, you know, it's there, there's, so, there's so many, there's so many things wrong here. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's like, I just, just, just throw all the police officers away is what I want to say. 
but you know, I think the basis of the police, like the purpose of a police officer, the initial purpose of them was to was to protect landowners, you know, plantation landowners. That was the that was the original, you know, purpose of them, and it just kind of evolved into what we have now. So, you know, the original purpose is based off of keeping black people in their place. And so the police officers are doing what they were established to do, you know, is to keep us in our place. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not going to say totally do away with the pol uh, uh, police. When I say that, but yeah, you said what I was being facetious saying that, but yeah, but uh, cause we, cause we do need, pol I, I think we do need law and order and you yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I do believe that, but I think we need to look at the people that we're putting in place to enforce those rules. You know, and I and I would say this when I was practicing and I tell you a lot of times when I represented or there was a police or someone in law enforcement involved, it was there was always an issue of domestic violence. Always. Mm -hmm. Always. They it just and I'm not you know, they just seem to be the most violent and they and a lot of times they got away with it because that brotherhood that brotherhood is like stronger than the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. They and, were so tight. And you know what I think also should be put in place for because you know really for a police officer, if I'm not mistaken, is really you just take a test and if you pass the test you can you can become a police officer. Um, is that correct? Yeah, but I also think that test and I and somebody I've I've I haven't read anything on it, but I could tell you it has to, to me, pick borderline psychopaths or mm -hmm. borderline sociopaths, people that can make quick decisions, life or death decisions in a little amount of time and, and, and make those decisions in a way that takes away the, um, the compassion and the emotion from it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, I've, I've seen the police test before. So when you, when you, you look at some of these questions, I think what they're looking for is someone, like I said, who can react in a split second without a lot of emotion to it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like picking out or cherry picking sociopaths. That's what a sociopath is. You know, it's someone who a, a psychopath actually acts on it, but someone who can operate and pretend like they're your friend and that they they're acting with emotion and compassion. But really, it's they've got to force themselves to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. natural for them. And I think I think these police tests, I think it it chooses, it looks for those type of people. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, it, I mean, just in speaking, I've I have friends in law enforcement and you know, I don't wanna say too much, but it's it there's a certain mindset that goes along with a person in law enforcement. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's not cut out for that job, and there's a reason why. That's and, what I'm and I think for someone to be in that type of um that to be employed in that type of environment, you you really have to desensitize yourself to a lot of stuff because stuff that it's almost I don't say police officers police officers are not teachers, but sometimes even as a teacher, sometimes you have to desensitize yourself because you see so much all the time, you know. And just imagine a police officer that's going into these different situations, um, not really knowing what the outcome is going to be. So they always have to be on guard, um, and they always have to think about. Um, coming out on the, alive on the other side, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I do understand that part of it. I can I can kind of understand that, but at the same time, I think there is there's definitely a disconnect with police officers and the neighborhoods that they're policing. Exactly. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the 
it comes from that. Um, there's no, there's no, uh, no ties to the community. They don't know that this is Miss Johnson's nephew or Miss Johnson's grandson that's right here. You know, he just got home from school. You know, they just see a kid that's probably on the street, you know, on a corner, um, just hanging out. You know, not knowing he just came from school. Maybe he just went to the corner store to get some a soda and some candy, and mm -hmm. he's on his way home. You know, it's that that's it's that part that compassion that's it's missing. Exactly, I feel it. All right, we're well, moving on because I don't want to stay on that too long. I did want to touch on the death of Triple X Tentacion. Um, the 20-year-old artist uh, was shot and killed in South Florida. Uh, That's actually in, I think, in um, Dania Beach in what investigators said appeared to be an armed robbery. So did you hear about this? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I heard about it. Um, I was, you know, I think living in this area in South Florida, I knew of him. He's actually uh, a friend of mine. It's actually her cousin, her second cousin that she's cousins with his dad. She's an on Freud. Um, so I was I was familiar with his music prior to his passing. I always felt, you know, it wasn't necessarily like the mumble rap, but it was super emotional. Mm -hmm. um, it was sad. I mean, he actually had a song called Sad. And it was to me, it was it was just, it was, it was kind of depressing to be honest. Um, but I think in some of his interviews that I saw and, you know, he was 20 years old, so you could see the evolution of someone who is, you know, quote unquote, waking up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, just, we lost a, I mean, it's somebody's child. And I, and I've said this on uh, Twitter, there was a conversation and we're just saying, you know, we live in an era where we have killers like George Zimmerman, you know, um, who takes our, our brown boys, took away one of our brown boys, and this man continues, you know, to walk freely. But we play God when it comes to our own brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, our definition of street justice has nothing to do with defending us against our true enemies, which are outside of our neighborhoods and our borders that come in, you know, and, and, and kill, you know, steal and destroy us. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we have no issue with taking a life of our own because our lives are not sacred. We're we're so busy, and this is my issue with Black Lives Matter. So we're so busy with trying to make it matter to other people, you know. And just you know, in light of the story that we just told with the police, like we got we got issues in our own communities with making with understanding that our lives matter to each other. Um, you know, and truth be told, we, we have issues with uh, police brutality, um, the police killings, but, you know, black on black crime causes far more deaths in our community than police brutality does. That's that's the that's the real truth. So we got we got issues on both sides of this coin. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I do agree with that. Um, but I'm, I'm when, when people say black on black crime, I always kind of cringe a little bit. And the reason why I, I do, because. When you look at the statistics, and I don't have the statistics statistics in front of me, I can't even say that word right now. I don't have it in front of me, but most black people are killed by black people. However, most white people are killed by white people. Most Hispanic people are killed by Hispanic people. Most mm -hmm. Asian people are killed by Asian people. So this whole when they when they put the spotlight on black or black crime, yes, there is black or black crime, but look at it as a whole. Like most people are killed by their own people. You know what I mean? I that, right. And I'm, but to me, it's like, what, what matters to me is what happens in my community. I get it. Yeah. yeah I, that sense, but I'm, I'm calling it black on black crime because I'm looking at our, this is 
this the microcosm of of us and i'm saying us you know that's that's black people brown people it's it's us mm-hmm. we are we are killing our we are killing ourselves yes we got issues outside of our community and we need to deal with those as well but let's this is to me like let's deal with what's going on at home before we step outside of our homes and try to deal with all this other stuff let's deal with what's going on at home why are our our black boys why do they feel so undervalued like what is this this is a fight over territory and money you know they said that you know this 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 he was robbed but you know, if you if you i don't know if you really know his backstory but this guy i can't even really say his name xx you know he he wasn't really a nice guy but what does that have to do with someone just jump a, a brother his brother taking his life and that's what and that's you know i people want to focus on you know because look i believe in i, I believe in a, you know, I, I believe in karma. I believe in all those things. Mm. But taking that aside, you know, nobody nobody lives a a, a pure life. He mm. had some issues, and I mean, and all he was twenty years old. I mean, I know there was the issue with it, beating up the girlfriend, and you know, the violence, and then and all this stuff. Mm. He's twenty years old, and <laughs> he was twenty years old. He was he was a baby. He was really a baby, and you know, he, it seems as if he came from a troubled background. And who's to say, you know, he had he he did some awful things to to these women uh, or woman. He did some awful things, but who's to say that he, you know, had he given more time, been given more time, yeah. who would change his life around? You know? So I, I I'm just you know, I, black on black crime to me is like it does it it makes me cringe because that that's what's happening, and we need to figure out a way to add to add value to us and we you know a lot of us like to this is what i said that you know we need to accept responsibility for what's going on in our communities even if we have bought ourselves into a life that allows us to leave our communities and we have insulated ourselves from what's really going on mm-hmm. we need to come back and and address this th- that black lives matter to us you know uh, we we need to matter to ourselves yeah. i need to look at you I, if i can't look at you as my brother as my sister yeah. then it's very easy to take to, to take your life yeah. that's you know that's what's going on here i mean obviously this 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 man made a judgment decision that this child was worth more his his louis vuitton bag and whatever was in it was worth more than his life Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. And that's you made you know, a good point about um, about you know, you know, when we reach a certain uh, economic status and we kind of we kind of leave the hood. You know, people that are left in the hood are, you know, let me try to rephrase this. So I, I am a I am a believer that you know you get a little bit of money, I stay in your hood rebuild your hood show show these people that you know they're they're doctors that live here they're teachers that live here you know they're business owners that live here so that in in our black neighborhoods we just don't see you know crime and drugs and disparity and hopelessness you know we gotta we gotta stay in our communities and um and build our communities up so we can build up our property values up so we can we can pay taxes so we can build our schools up that's what's gonna save us we have to save ourselves I had this, we're saying the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I I need to, I need to do something else. Um, I'm tired of being woke. Okay. <laughs> oh, we had the weekend day. I don't want to be woke no more. <laughs> I don't want to be woke no more. <laughs> <laughs> 
what do we got? What's what's next? All right, we had the weekend dick report. Yes, yes. This is the right. This is this is a very interesting topic. I'm I'm curious to see. I I think I kind of know what you're gonna say, but I'm 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 curious. So let me get into it. So this is the question that was posed from one of our listeners. Um, I was dating this guy for a while, and we broke up about six months ago with no real efforts of reconciliation. About a month ago. I met someone and we've been out on several dates. We have a great time together. Um, he has great conversation, a great sense of humor. Um, and I can actually see this getting serious. Like I, you know, well, I found out that he's friends with my ex, not best friends, but they've known each other for years. And I haven't told him um, that they're friends, that I know that they're friends. Um, I don't know what I should do. Should I continue to see him and keep the secret or should I tell him and risk losing him? So, so what is she saying? So she's saying that her, she's, so this, she, new guy, this new guy that she, that she met and she's dating is friends with her ex. And so she's not mm -hmm. sure if, you know, if she should tell him. Tell who? Oh, the new guy. Tell the new guy? Yeah. Or she um, how serious was she with the ex? Um, well, she doesn't really say, um, she didn't really say. She just okay, said. Okay, so she okay. She broke about six months ago, but doesn't didn't say details yeah. about how serious they were. She just said they were dating for a while. So I don't know. Um, you know, I've I've been in that situation. I I I don't say anything. <laughs> I'm in that situation too. <laughs> what did you say? I'm in that situation too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. You know. Now I think it it would be different because now we got Instagram. There's so much social media, but at the so you'll see a picture, you know, of them sitting by side by side or something. But back in the day, I mean, <laughs> there's there's nothing there's nothing to to tell. And now it's it's come back to I mean, in all actuality, it has come back to haunt me. Mm -hmm. Where you know, it was like later, like, oh, you know, you used to deal with so you was with so and such, so and such. Like, oh, oh yeah, oh I forgot, I forgot it was <laughs> you yeah, old that old dick. What you bringing up that old dick for? <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot. So I, I just feel like yeah, maybe maybe it's different now with you know the advent of social media and how it's just kind of out there. Maybe you kind of have an obligation to be more transparent mm -hmm. but i'm i'm speaking from a little bit you know maybe a time that was before that and i'm like well why mm -hmm. you want to just put everything out on the table like yeah i i i knew him back in the day or i used to date him back in the day but i i don't see what i mean you know what it's different for for women and and, and men I think for women, for some women, it's like, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. But I think for men, they have such huge egos. You know, I think something like that, just kind of like knowing that this guy has been with my girl. I think it's an ego thing with them. So yeah. I think th and that that that's what makes them respond differently um, than what than what we would do um, in this in this scenario. You know, I've, I've been in a situation like in my 20s you know, years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that we are more mature, you know, and if you're single at this age and you're dating, you know, you're more purposeful in, in who you date. You know, you're more intentional and you're looking more for a long-term, I'm assuming a long-term commitment. So right. I think this, this new guy, she really likes him. And should she jeopardize 
um, what could be a great future with this guy um, by keeping a secret. I don't know if she should do that, you know? Yeah. And one thing I learned, this was back in college, but I remember um, I had dated this guy for a while and then, you know, we kind of broke up. Breaking up was not like a big thing in, in college, but in any case, then I started seeing his, his like one of his best friends, but we had to like sneak around because you know I I didn't want to hurt his I don't want to hurt number one feeling number one's feelings so right. number number two were like we had to like sneak and number one caught us mm-hmm. <laughs> he followed us one he followed us and like we had code language and everything like okay we leave we would go to part we would we would meet up at parties and then we would like leave in our separate cars and go, you know, okay, hey, everybody, I'm leaving for the night. And he would do the same thing. We'd look at each other and then we'd like, then we'd meet up at my place. And did I tell you this story? I don't remember this story. I think I remember. Yes. Oh my gosh. Talk about hiding, hiding in the tub, banging on the door. It was crazy. But you know what? I bet you. But let me tell you what, it, and I'm th- okay. So you know, number one, he put me through it because we were friends, but we'd broken up, and he was just so he was hurt. Yeah. But I'm saying, a couple weeks went by. Him and the both of them were the number one, number two. They were best friends again. Me, I was out the picture. But what it taught me was there was no love loss. You know, like he was mad, mad for a little bit with his best friend, but in the end, they were like best friends. They. So I'm in the gym. They start working out together. I'm like, what about me? (laughs) (laughs) I got what I deserve. So (laughs) that's the moral of that story. Yeah. So it might might not be worth all all the smoke and mirrors. Maybe maybe transparencies, which is always the best thing for me. I'm just like, why why does he need to know? But okay. I'm all about, I don't like elephants in the room. I'm like, let's talk about this elephant so we can move this elephant out of the room. I would, I, I, I think I would have to say something because I don't know. I just like transparency. And if I, I, I'm, I'm changing my, I'm changing my answer. Cause I, I'm, I'm leaning toward transparency. There's a part of me that's like, does he need to know? But mm-hmm. being honest, just get it out the way. Cause eventually somebody's it's, it's going to come out in the light. Somebody's going to yeah. slip up that she was, you was taking them down in the past. <laughs> facts. We need facts. Oh, so, okay. So I kind of had, you know about this little situation, scenario I had like years ago. Oh, oh, oh Lord. I ain't gonna name no names. But you know what is very weird? So I, I, I kind of was in a situation and guy number two wanted to know in a roundabout way Whose penis was bigger? Oh Lord, girl! I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you. I, I never answered the question because, but really, oh Lord, it was, <laughs> it was so awkward. I'm like, you can't use me to measure y'all's dicks. Uh oh, round somebody else. <laughs> Shame, shame, man. Yeah, this is in my younger years. I don't do things as such. <laughs> like you would think that was there was not enough guys out there. Cause I'm like, what? Man, like, what was I thinking? Like, what was I thinking? Like, really? <laughs> and when I in hindsight, I'm like, really in hindsight, I can't even lie. I really got played. I can't even front about it. I'm thinking about like, how everything happened. This is a fucking chess move. And nothing got over the pawn. This chess move. <laughs> 
You know, for a long time, you know, Sean, for a long time, I was mad. Because when I yep. thought about it and figured it out, I was pissed for years. <laughs> I didn't see it at the time. I was I was young. You know, I was super young. Uh, yep. You know, I was I was green. And what I tell you, that's how I felt. I felt played. I seen them up at the gym working out like nothing to happen. I was like, bitch. <laughs> supposed to be on my side <laughs> around i'm doing all kind of covert operations <laughs> motherfuckers is the best of friends <laughs> all right all right okay all right moving on oh. it is time for my one of my favorite segments i reminisce i reminisce, reminisce, I reminisce. I reminisce. reminisce. so this is my reminisce i'm gonna take us back to 1995 mm-hmm. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. You heard of us? Official Queensbridge murderers. Yes. So 1995, girl. Shook One's part two mm-hmm. off the infamous album. So they actually, I think about it, they actually had a part one that came out in 1994 and then they kind of like remixed it. Man, I just remember, I remember this video and they were like two little munchkin dudes. Man, around <laughs> drinking outside. Both of them had the Hennessy T-shirts with the do rags and the Tims, <laughs> and driving around in the sobs. <laughs> Probably still on pillow so they can see over the stairing window. Aren't they so cute? <laughs> they got money stacks bigger than them. <laughs> Mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who's got enough shots to share. This is a song, when I tell you, when you know you hear a classic, when I can play this right now, today, which I do, I, it's on my, it's on, it's still on heavy rotation. And we're talking about, what, 24 years later? Is that right? Is that right? Just about, yeah. Oh, Lord. You do math in my head. It's hard for me, too. I'm an English major. <laughs> um, but this was, I mean, they had, they had so many jewels, so many when I just, I'm, I mean, I'm getting excited just talking about it because this CD came out. I'm telling you how much of a banger this is. My mother had it. My mother was rocking. Hello, through. <laughs> like, my mother's like, put on that Bob Deep. What? Mama J, come through. <laughs> Mama J came through. She loved, she loved Mob Deep. And I, I'm just saying, like, they, it was so hard. When you look at, so you hear some of these lyrics, you know, I'm only 19, but my mind is older when things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Jewels, jewels that they were dropping. And even though they were talking about gunplay, a lot of it was gunplay, a lot of it was gunplay. You just, you felt the realness of it. Yeah. Like, they didn't come to play. They was little, little dudes, but they were so real with it. And Mob D, I, I told you, Prodigy is like, if I had to pick top 10, top five, he's in my top five lyricists of, of all times. Rest in peace to Prodigy. Cause this, this song right here, just, just it shaped a part of my life. <laughs> 1995, I remember where I was at, boy. It shaped a part of my life. So this was, this was the time when I had, I was, I was in college. I was probably like my first, second year in college. And Shook Ones came out, and I had a I had an Acura Integra. <laughs> so that was shit. And I'm I'm riding around in New York City, playing as loud as fuck. <laughs> like you can tell me nothing. I just I thought I thought I was really doing things, so, and and I would do that now. So I don't know how it affected you, but it was 
it was a cornerstone for me. One of these, this is a cornerstone song <laughs> defining Sean. It's a classic. It's a classic. For it's you. Classic. I, um, I, I just. What am I going to say? So, and we were talking about the interview that Prodigy did with uh, Questlove, which I said was phenomenal. I tell all my listeners, like, go and listen to this interview. It's two and a half hours, but just a an evolution of a man. You know, when you listen to Shook Ones and you know they were at a certain place at a certain time, evolution of Prodigy. You know, when he was in jail and he wrote that cookbook. He wrote another book, which I'm very <laughs> cookbook. Yep, he sure did. But and I said this before, his last album before his, before his passing was the Hegelian Dialect. Mm-hmm. Alchemist did a lot of song, did a lot of songs in there, and it really was it's music with a message. And in light of what is going on today, we kind of a lot of times the music does not have a message. It's just you know whether it's fun or it's bullshit, it's, it's not. And his music really did have a message and if you if you understand who Hedger was which is what he based it's a it's a way of thinking which basically it's, it's kind of hard to explain but it, it basically says that you know in order to enjoy the good things that you have in life you've got to go through the bad so the bad is not there it's not the not it's not always bad that's the that's the best way I can say it so lesson it, it's a lesson and his music really taught that specifically the last album so i'm just saying go and listen to the hegelian dialect it's i love i love it because you you are seeing someone who has evolved i felt like i grew up with prodigy and mob deep and um you know it's such a shame that we lost one of one of the greats so um shout out to uh recipes prodigy shout out to uh mob deep because you you were one of my faves so all right moving on where we have- we're at the segment where we're supporting our black businesses and reading. You go and talk like you go. You go memorize these lines. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be at the revolutionary. No, let me stop. Come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So the spotlight today sorry. for black-owned business is the re- revolutionary summer. Um, sorry. and what this is? Are you laughing at me still? No. no. <laughs> but you is <laughs> bitch I'm is <laughs> bitch I might be, I might be. <laughs> what is that from what is that from um, it's from your boy Um, it's Gucci right bitch I might be <laughs> bitch I might be it's a song <laughs> your boo <laughs> Gucci all right, so um, the spotlight is a revolutionary summer. Um, and what this is, it's an intensive critical reading and writing program dedicated to shifting harmful narratives about black women and girls through both meaningful study and creation of art and deliberate application of self-inquiry. That was a mouthful. So for eight Sundays every summer, up to 21 young girls or young women gather to experience and discuss the creative works of consequential black women artists. They do some. They do so under the guidance of author and facilitator Andrea Cole. Um, and Andrea, we actually went to school together. Uh, we went to Morgan State together, and she is a phenomenal writer. Oh my goodness, she she sends me like some of her um, her short stories that she's writing and she's working on. I, I I I sing her praises all the time. So she's heading this uh, this initiative. Um, she's also a certified special education teacher. She's taught middle school. She's taught high school. Um, she's also taught college. 
Um, and so currently right now, she is the program development director at Restorative Response Baltimore. Um, so a revolutionary summer is a summer program and it's open to young high school age students in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area. So if you have uh, mm -hmm. some daughters, if you have nieces, um, cousins that you think will benefit from it, and I think all young girls will benefit from this because, you know, in the media, we always see these, um, these disparaging uh, images of, of black girls and black, right. you know, we never really see, and it, now it's we're we're seeing more black women on TV and um you know singing our praises and, and showing our beauty but you know there's a lot that's that's missing so what this program does it just kind of infuses um that into our girls so if you have any any school age girls that would be interested definitely go to their website um, at revolutionarysummer.com um, their Instagram is a revolutionary summer. The summer program is actually going on right now. They may have a few spots open. Um, so I, go to their website and, and reach out to them. Um, but this is a phenomenal, phenomenal program for young girls. Excellent. Excellent. I love to hear that. And I, I love to see that this, I love to ha see this duplicated, you know, so it's not just in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, mm -hmm. not just for 21 young women, but um, hopefully this can be expanded. The curriculum can be expanded. I think it's a great idea. Yep. Yep. Great thing. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, I think we've come to that part where the end. This is the end. We've come to the end. So you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in Apple Podcasts. We're in Google Play, Our Heart Radio, Spreaker Stitcher. We're in CastPod, which is a CastPod? I think it's CastPod. Cast, no, uh, Cast Box, Cast Box, Cast Box, very, very convenient. I actually use it because you can listen to all of your podcasts there. We are also live on YouTube, so catch us on our YouTube channel. We are getting that together. Follow us on Facebook, please, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to us by going to our website. That's what I'm saying, podcast.com. Learn more, ask us questions. Weekend D, we're always open to new, um, we love new dick. <laughs> so please send us some send us some to on the, on the Twitter on the Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, on the Twitter. Um, we got to do our shout out nine yeah I want to shout out Vegas World Inc he is our super producer um, he also has a podcast so check him out it's called Hip Hop Now you can check him out on uh, he's on YouTube he's on Instagram he's on Twitter um, thank you so much for listening subscribing and liking us on social media until next week Take care, y'all. Take care. Peace.